I know they come with fees and I know that's not a fun part, but it's kind of one of those just cost of doing business. And so if we're going to do this and we're going to do it, we need to do it the right way. Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership skills with teens and their parents. I'm Hudson. And I'm Rachel, and we're so glad you're with us today. School is almost out, and some of us teens are thinking about summer jobs and ramping up with our own businesses to make some money. So we've asked an expert to come and chat with us about teens and taxes. Yeah, Hudson and Jenna just had to fill out their self-employment taxes, and that was not a very fun day at our house. It was, like, depressing, and they were moping around. Um, so that leads us to our special guest for today, Caitlin Eldridge. For many years, Caitlin spent her time working for the big names in the public accounting and corporate world, but she missed teaching and dreamed of being back at the college atmosphere working with students. However, being a military wife, a five-year PhD program was not feasible. So a family move presented the opportunity to either continue down the corporate path or pivot, and she opted to pivot. So she opened up her own firm, Eldridge CPA, and found that her love of teaching was naturally coming out during discussions with clients. And soon she realized this was where her love of numbers and teaching would merge and fuel her career passions. So during the course of growing this business, she noticed a gap in knowledge for business owners, the numbers side. So since one-on-one consulting wasn't going to make the change in the world she wanted, she opened up a membership site. Geared toward dreamers and new business owners, she walks with them by providing a live monthly call and a library of resources to educate and empower them. So she loves educating others and could talk for hours on all of these things, numbers, bookkeeping, tax filing, stuff that a lot of us would make our heads explode. So she is the perfect person to chat with us today. Uh, She's a mom, so she knows kind of where we're coming from. She has her hands full with four little kids, six and under. So, and she's also the wife of an Air Force pilot. So she's a very busy lady, but I was so glad she was willing to come on with us today and share her knowledge with us. Welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Did you always love numbers? Um, Yeah, so it's funny. I was going to run... My plan was to major in a foreign language and run hotels. And I took my first accounting class in college, told my professor I thought it was fun. And by the end of like my hour with her, we had switched my degree over to accounting. And I just kind of went from there. Um, In college, when you major in accounting, they talk to you about kind of two career paths. And that's to go auditing or taxes and auditing to me felt like being the bad guys like going into a company and being like hey you're doing this wrong and taxes were saving money so i decided to go the tax route um and that's where i've been for the last well over a decade now i think we're on 11 or 12 years wow so if you hadn't taken that one class who knows what you would have done exactly yeah and yeah that professor hadn't been so um pushy too. She was great. And she was a great motivator. But yeah, she definitely latched on to that, thinking it was fun. And to me, it it still is. And that's what I love about what I do is solving those problems and getting everything to balance. There's like a beautiful art to me about it. um, That makes other people just kind of panic. So when you were a little kid, did you like, did you like playing with money or 
figuring things out like math? Yes, my mom has plenty of pictures of me counting the piggy bank um, from when I was a kid. <laughs> that's that's so cool how like uh, as a kid you naturally go to what you're good at. Yes. Yep. And then like my mom and my sister are both very artsy, creative people. So um, it was a good balance. But I realized like I did not have their skills. I had my own set. Right. Yeah, that that can be hard for a kid too, because because you feel like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. You know, but when you're in your own lane, when you're doing what your what your purpose is, that is really where you find the most joy. You, you just have definitely. to find it. <laughs> so exactly. we're a big Yeah. We're a big fan of teens starting small businesses because often they're not old enough to get regular jobs, but that doesn't mean they're not old enough to earn money. Um, And oftentimes they can make way more money than they could if they were an hourly employee. So talk to us about the best way to start. How should they structure it just from the start? Yeah, so like any accountant, I'm going to give you the it depends answer, um, and we'll talk about a couple of those. But if this is kind of something we're starting for just the summer, like we truly just plan to do this for 12 weeks at a time, um, then we're going to look at really using our name, getting an EIN attached to our name, just so we don't have to give out our social security number. And then starting, um, we're gonna want a separate bank account, but not it doesn't necessarily have to be a business bank account. And we'd love to see a separate PayPal. Um, Venmo, I know is super popular in the teen group. Um, they do have a business option now. So if we're really going to go Venmo, we can use that business account option with Venmo, but I just would rather you stay away from it, mostly because you pay people by emojis. And that's really hard to figure out come tax time what in the world <laughs> those emojis are supposed to mean. Like I have scrubbed Venmos and I every time I'm like, can you explain this to me? That'd be great. Um, so if we can avoid anything that's more emoji based and stick with actual written words, it'll make everyone's life easier come tax time. Because at the end of the day, you made money and we're going to pay you taxes on it. I have so. no clue what Venmo is. <laughs> yeah, Hudson oh, nice. doesn't even know. So so don't do it is what she said. <laughs> um, <laughs> then don't go down that path. Yeah, if you don't know what it is. So what does it involve getting an EIN number? What, what do they have to do? Yeah. So uh, what you're going to do is you're going to go, you're Google it, um, but you're going to go to the irs.gov website and they're going to have an EIN, um, the ability to issue an EIN. And what it is, is it's still um, a nine digit number, but it's two digits followed by seven digits. And so if you ever need to associate your name with, um, an identification number for business purposes. This prevents your social security number. And so you're going to put in your name, your address. You can put in your business name. It doesn't have to be an LLC. It can be a DBA. And then forever tied to your name is that EIN. So if you decide to open up another business and you don't get another entity for it, you're going to still use that EIN. You can change the names, all sorts of things that you can worry about later. But the process itself online is like, five minutes. And we're really at this point protecting your identity from getting stolen because the more you pass around that social security number, the more at risk you become. So um, could you explain a DBA to the kids that don't know what that is? Oh yeah, of course. So it's a doing business as, and what it is is like, I could, so you guys heard my business name, which was Eldridge CPA LLC. So I formed an LLC. I could put under it, 
Caitlin's mowing service and I could be a DBA that way. You can register that with the state if you want to protect the name and you want to add all the other things to it or you can just kind of have your name that you're going to put on that tax return. That's Caitlin's mowing services. And so that's just kind of the way to look at it. That uh, again, we're protecting against identities. We're trying to avoid giving out our first and last name if we can on public documents that people could steal. Right. So if you're doing a DBA, you can, you just pick any name. You, you, you might want to look on that to make sure somebody else doesn't have the same name just to avoid confusion, right? Like, yeah, else. your um, state's social, your, yeah, your state's secretary of state um, website will have like a listing of all the active business names that exist. And so you can kind of search that site and see. I know for Nebraska, when I set up mine, I could actually email them and be like, hey, these are the five names I'm considering. Are they available? It's a pretty easy process. Um, it doesn't take too much. And you're, you're, if you're looking at this, your Secretary of State's website is a huge free resource for you. But you don't have to register. If you're just a kid, not, not making a lot of money, you don't have to register as an LLC. You're, but you're not guaranteeing. I would not. You're not protecting that name. If you don't register, right? Correct. Right. Okay. Correct. And then forming an LLC is just so much work that if we're just doing this a few summers at a time, we're babysitting, right. that kind of thing. I just, I wouldn't. Yeah, because um, it costs too much. If we're doing this, right, to maintain it. Like every year you're going to pay a couple hundred dollars to keep it open, depending on the state you live in. You're going to have to go through that legal process, which could be 600 to $1,500 to set up your LLC. Uh, if we're, I mean, to make sure we're really doing it the right way. So yeah, I just, it, if we're talking long-term, like we are starting a business that we plan to run for 10 to 15 years, probably worth putting in right. the investment of the time and money to get that LLC set up. But to mow lawns, I, I would, I would not. Right. I guess if you start making a lot of money, then you need to reconsider that. But like, if you hit an that idea, too. if you hit an idea... <laughs> you didn't know it was going to be a month. Like, we interviewed a guy who uh, uh, started a business selling athletic socks. Remember him, Hudson? Brendan Agronoff. And he ended up becoming a millionaire. <laughs> he started when he Ooh. was 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did the LLC. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and you can always do it partway through. So, like, you can run a couple of years and then turn yourself into an LLC. That's okay, right. too. Yeah. What kind of paperwork do you need to keep? Like, so you're going to want for like tax purposes. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to want to keep your bank statements, any expenses. So um, I'll just continue down the lawn mowing. So if you're going out and buying gas, you're going to want to keep those receipts from the gas station. If you're having any repairs done to your lawn mower, you're going to want to keep those receipts and you can do two ways here. So if you're less techie, go ahead and just have a paper file and toss all your receipts in there. If you are more techie, we can talk, like you can put an album on your phone and keep your receipts in that. You can put them on an ex like a hard drive or on your computer and keep them electronically. Both of those are perfectly acceptable. We just want an easy system where you're keeping receipts and we're keeping receipts for seven years, which I know sounds like forever but that's on the off chance you ever get audited by the IRS. Right. And 
do it as you go. Don't don't wait till the end of the year and try and recreate. <laughs> We've done that before. Right. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I love Google Sheets and Excel. So you don't have to have some complex accounting system when you're running your own business. If it's what you like and you want to play with something like QuickBooks or Wave or FreshBooks, then definitely go for it. But if not, um, I'd pull up a Google Sheet that's tied to your email and just put in like, hey, this week I was paid $300 and I spent $50 and what I spent that $50 on. Right. Yeah, for Antlions, it we automatic we like download it all of the like just transactions for the year, and then it we take it into an Excel sheet and then just sort it in there. Right. But for like Perfect. a whole year, that only takes like an hour. Right, but that's because you have them all automatically, like the PayPal automatically. Yeah, right. it automatically categorizes them. Right. Yeah, Hudson and Jenna have a business. They sell Antlions online. The tiny little bugs that form the pits in the ground so oh. <laughs> so would it be better to be like a sole proprietorship for just doing a you know a small business as a teenager it Is would be um because well again this is going to be like an it depends so if we're talking about the business owner i know we're so fun with that it, it became like the answer you knew to give on a test. But what if you're not making a ton, then I would stay as a sole proprietor. The other entities tend to be for tax, when you were talking about like tax savings purposes, tax planning purposes. So an S corporation is a super popular one that if you were to Google what an S corporation is, you're going to see everywhere that it's plastered as a tax savings option. The problem is it's complicated to run. You have to run payroll for it. You have a whole other tax return to do, and they just have different reporting requirements and you would have to be an LLC. So all of that combined, I would stay in the easy side of being a sole proprietor. The only time you would look at something different in my mind if you're a teenager is if we're forming a legal partnership and that's because you're required to so if you have two members you've drawn up partnership documents it has its own ein like at that point it's just an entity that is by law and for the irs classified as a partnership and it has to be reported as a 1065. so let's talk about that a little bit so if we have yeah. We have two friends or brother and sister. They want to form a business together. Lawn service. So there's two of them. Mm -hmm. Would it be better for one of them to be the sole proprietor and then make the other one an employee? Or would it be better to form a partnership? Uh, Depends. <laughs> yeah, well, so really like the legal part of where we go so what i would really like what my the easiest way to do it is probably kind of like a joint venture of sorts where you're both just in it and at the end of the year you're going to divide it 50 type thing now if you're hiring your friend to support you then you were talking like a contractor but having an employee would be really tough um because again and we're talking payroll and FICA right. taxes and yeah. all of so that like application. A so yeah, contractor then. Yeah, like that's, a joint venture. That's, that's what we did for last year. Yeah. Uh, how would like so? How does a joint venture differ from a partnership? Uh, that one is where you can just report on the Schedule C. Each of you reporting the fifty percent 
income and the 50% of the expenses on your own Schedule C's. And then that way you're both showing um, earned income too. So if you were to like go further down the line wanting Roth um, IRAs and stuff, you've both got your own Schedule C with 50% of the income, 50% of the expenses, and then the net income or loss appropriately. Interesting. So it, I never even heard of a joint venture. So that that's like how it, is that what they call it? Like, yeah, it's kind of the best way to describe it. They're often married couples that do it. But if I was talking siblings, I would really probably just functionally put it in that category. And just like if you were to approach me with two siblings who were running something throughout the year, I would just split their income and expenses on their return. We're getting to the same answer for the IRS. Everyone's paying the taxes that need to be paid. And we're just making our life a little easier. That makes so much sense. This is this is the answer's a major question that we have. So, so is is it is it just considered two separate businesses? Like when you filed that Schedule C, like two separate sole proprietorships, yep. or is it actually called a joint venture? Like, is that uh, is there yeah, a line on well, the form? No, there's not a line on the form to like mark a joint venture or anything. It just you would put the because um, both kids own it. We haven't formed an actual like new entity because we don't have an LLC or anything. So it's just really our names and then the income and expenses. Okay. That makes That's sense. interesting. Cause, cause we were trying to like, cause, cause if you do it that way, one kid's going to end up paying more taxes than the other. If we did the other way where like you contract. Um, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, right. Cause otherwise the contractor doesn't necessarily oh, yeah, have the expenses and then you just 1099 your sibling, which I'm sure right. looked funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not fair to the one who has to pay all the taxes. <laughs> Reimbursed somehow, I'm sure. How much right? should we save for taxes, like each year? What percentage? Each twenty-five to thirty percent, and that range depends on your state mostly. So, what you can plan on is that of your net income, so income minus expenses, that fifteen point three percent of that are those self-employment taxes, Social Security, Medicare, and then the income tax percentage, which is, depends on your thing, most likely, unless you're earning over, I think it was 12,400 this year, you're not gonna really have an income tax, so you can probably stay closer at that point even to 20%. Um, but if you're in a high income tax state, California, New York, you're gonna wanna edge toward that 2530 because the state's gonna tax you pretty high. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the demoralizing part of small business ownership for a team. There goes <laughs> all of my money. Of your right. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to do. And you know, it's it's demoralizing, I think, for so many business owners because they're like, I, I worked so hard for that and I wanna keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a part of life in America. <laughs> Just move to Puerto Rico where you only have to pay 2%. Uh, he's thinking ahead. All right. He so, is. I like it. That's some good tax planning. He just, uh, did you hear us talking about that the other day or did you just come up with that on your own? I've known that. Oh, okay. We were discussing that. I don't think you were in the room though. What is the best way to invest you know, like your earnings? For retirement. For retirement. Is that what yeah. You're yeah. 
I love a Roth IRA for someone who's young because the gains as it stands now in our tax law, I feel like we have to preface that, um, all of the gains grow tax-free. And so since you have earned income, since you took the hit and paid those taxes, starting that Roth IRA is amazing. Of course, you're limited to that 6,000 per year, but 6,000 per year at 12, 13, 14, by the time you're 55, 60 is huge. And the Roths have, if you do a custodial where your parent kind of has some oversay over it, you can actually pull out some of your actual um, contributions for college too. So you, you get some good flexibility in a Roth IRA. Yeah, you agree. We had a guy come on the other day, Luke Vermillion. He wrote a book, uh, Teenage Teenager's Guide to Investing in the Stock Market. And he gave the same advice as you did. Um, good. So the thing we like about the Roth is you're getting you're you're getting taxed on it already, but as a teenager, you don't pay a whole lot of taxes. So though you're getting taxed on it, it's hardly anything compared to an adult. Exactly. Yes. Um, oh, without a doubt. And if you work a job and have a small business, then you could double dip and do a 401k and a Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Any thoughts you have about teenagers and taxes? I just, one, I love that you guys are caring about it, but it's, I, if I could, I mean, just making sure that we're using those business options. So the PayPal business accounts, those Venmo business accounts, I know they come with fees and I know that's not a fun part, but it's kind of one of those just cost of doing business. And so if we're going to do this and we're going to do it, we need to do it the right way. Um, And so even though it's tempting to use Venmo or like PayPal for friends and family, so you can avoid those fees, it's just not setting yourself up to really run your business the right way long-term. I think we paid like a hundred dollars in PayPal fees last year. Yeah, that's that's part of it. I mean, they've got to make money. PayPal has to make money, or they want. To. <laughs> they make a lot of free money. They don't have to do anything for it. <laughs> they set up that big system for you, um, and so yes, they do make a lot of money off of it, which can be extremely frustrating. As you get older, as you offer different things, that's a pricing thing. Check. So if those. You can, and we checks are great. Um, bank transfers are great, but yeah, as you grow up and expand your business, then that's just something that goes into your pricing model. Is I have to pay these fees, so I should really be charging a little bit more. Um, not to necessarily cover the fees, but because what you're likely worth it. And if those fees are really digging into your net profit, it's a decent sign that you're not charging enough. Right. Yeah, we had a lesson on that. Was it last year? Or the year before? underpricing yourself on a lawn job oh yeah (laughs) a big lesson in that (laughs) yeah it's just a part of hard because you don't know yeah it's just a part of you gotta experience this teaches you all that you know when you're first starting all those lessons yeah i'm pretty i underpriced a lot of my tax returns when i first went out on my own you're like oh now i see why we priced them the way we did when i worked at the big companies yeah yeah, it, it's easy to see, like, when you're not the person doing the job, it's easy to see, oh, they're doing, they're getting all this money and they're not really doing anything, but you don't see all the behind the scenes, pre- preparation, planning, you know. Breaking out the grass because it doesn't get chopped up by the lawnmower enough. <laughs> 
Yeah, you don't you don't, oh, you don't yeah. see all the extras that go into like I'm sure for you like you have to do a lot of little bitty stuff that people don't even think about. Uh, they just see that they're writing you a check, you know. They don't see all the right. And then they're paying for your college education that you got, right? You have all the knowledge they don't have. Yes. Right. And that's the part I think we all forget to factor in or the the time that you're saving people. And so like when I hire a lawn person, it's because they're saving me so much more time that I can spend with my family and on my business making money there. And so um, building that into your pricing model, too. What are you saving other people? Right. And um, it helps, too. That is a great lesson Cause what, for, for teenagers yeah. to learn. Like as you get as you start making more money in your life, like, like if you can get a job and you're, you know, you've gone through college, you've got some experience or you've started a business and you're making 60, 60 bucks an hour, but you have to cut your own. You've, I mean, if you like to cut your lawn for the exercise or the uh, <laughs> enjoyment of it, some people enjoy the, just getting it done. That's one thing. But if, your time is more valuable. You could pay somebody to do that and you go out and work another hour. There, there's a, there's a yeah. trade-off there. You, you, you do the stuff that brings in the most profit to you. Um, yep. Most definitely. Yeah. What is that? The comp, uh, the one thing. I don't know if you've read that book by Darren Hardy. Oh, I haven't. Not Darren Hardy. Gary Keller, I think it is. You find the one thing that makes the biggest difference and moves the needle the most in your business, and then you focus on that, and then you try to get where you, you're you not doing all the other little things that take up all your time, and that's that'll, that'll make you progress in your business a lot farther. So if you have a friend that's great at social media and you need advertising, you pay that friend rather than spend 15 hours trying to figure out how to do it yourself. Right. Most definitely. Oh, gosh. And for all the teens listening, like, you can get jobs doing social media for so many companies. There's so many of us who are just not wanting to deal with it. Right. Us, us tech challenged people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being told to get on TikTok. And I'm like, I, it's a whole new world. Yeah. I, I guarantee uh, the young kids know how to work. They do. I have no clue myself. All right. <laughs> so... What social media platforms can we find you on? Yeah, um, Instagram is where I hang out the most. Um, and that's just at Caitlin Eldridge. But like I said, I have been told I need to get on TikTok. So I am now on TikTok, Facebook. Yeah, I think those are it. LinkedIn. So uh, LinkedIn's from when I was in corporate, but now it's kind of shifted its whole premise. And so you can either find a job or you can actually be on there selling your stuff now so i'm on linkedin too so so where can people find you on those tiktoks at caitlin eldridge cpa linkedin is under caitlin eldridge and facebook is uh caitlin eldridge cpa and your website is caitlin eldridge.com we'll uh put links to the in the show notes for all of those links for you thank you so much for joining us today caitlin thank you for having me I hope it was helpful for all of you who are thinking about starting your own business. Uh, parents and mentors, we would love to have you join us over in our free private Facebook community. You can find us by searching for Raising Confident Teens Community. Uh, you'll just have to answer a couple of easy questions to join. We would love to see you there. 
Have a great week.